I think it really is a true statement that the Lord is in this place. Not only because I know the scripture tells me that, but there is a, there's just this presence that God gives us that you really can't get anywhere. I, it just um, you know, seven hours ago, I was standing in Disney World with my grandkids and had a couple days and evenings and saw the incredible fireworks and the showcase thing they do at uh, Cinderella's Castle at the end. It just absolutely the height of human production. I mean, just incredible. But there, not for a moment did I sense what I sense at this particular moment. I mean, I really sense a high level of achievement, a high level of production and art, um, a great time with the kids and the family. But, you know, it was just, there's just something about being in the presence of God that just goes deeper than, than fast passes and, and, and Mickey ears and, and all the other things that we experience in life. You know what? We're starting this series called Not So Random, and it was not so random that we got here as well. I mean, God really laid it on a lot of our hearts, and it was kind of a thing that was being said to all of us that what did God want to develop in us? And, and kindness really is a, such a powerful word. I cannot believe it as I go through. You know, you look for your, your Jedi Knight powers in Scripture. You know, your power to heal, your, your power to, to read minds, your, pure, your power to speak in an unknown tongue or have visions, kind of, you know, like Yoda-ish type of powers. And man, I just wish God would just fill me with this. But you know, as I, as I started looking in Scripture, that's, that doesn't seem to be the Jedi power that, that God focuses on. And we're going to see in a few moments that when we start looking at God, it's not how God describes himself either. It's, it's not about the visions of the power or the splitting of the Red Sea. It's, this word kindness begins to emerge over and over again, not only talking about us, but the way that it talks about God. And God has really laid this on our heart. And, and one of the things that's so important is that, that I don't want this time to be about modifying our behavior. You know, just kind of like taking a temperament test and whatever number you are or whatever animal you are or whatever your disc profile, whatever, you know, test that you take. I, this is not about just modifying our behavior, but rather it's intentionally infusing um, our lives with the very temperament of God, something about God coming into us. And I love that song that we just said, if God is not here, I'm not enough. There's not enough goodness in me to go through life. I need, I need so much more. And so as we're going to be looking at it, we're going to see kindness as an affect, meaning an influencing force of inspiration. We're going to see that kindness is a, an affect upon our lives that produces an effect in our life, an inspiration in us that it is actually a power that goes from God to inspire us to influence and to affect change in the world around us. It is kind of his Jedi powers that he infuses his people with. We're going to see that kindness can also be an attribute um, of transformation in a person's life, that you become different, that God can transform you into kindness that you can become a person of kindness in your life. And we're also going to see that kindness uh, can be an act 
an act of, um, I was trying to rhyme them all together and Deanna was helping me. I wanted kindness to be an inspiration, a transformation, and, and an ob- obediation was, was this one. It, just, it, it sounded better in my head when I said it, but it, kindness is an act of obedience also. It's, it's something that I'm told by God to be. It's, I'm told to do this and to take upon this nature and personality of God. But kindness requires intentionality, and I know it's part of our, um, what do they they call it, our um, series that we're doing on Sunday morning manifesto, that there needs to be um, this intentionality of integrated into our life. And part of it's going to be spiritual, and when it comes to kindness, part of it's going to be this word propositional. Um, Part of it's going to be led by God filling me with this Holy Spirit, as the Scripture tells us. This idea that comes to us out of Galatians 5.22, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the product of God in us, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, um, faithfulness. That, That these are the things of God in us. These are the inspirational things that God does in our lives. These are the spiritual things. It's not that I, that I, that those are my qualities, but rather that those are the spiritual qualities that are placed in me as a result of the Holy Spirit coming and filling my life. But also there's a part of this that is obeying God, is that we're, we're told a, a propositional truth is something that we hold to be true, but we also hold that it's op- opposite to be not true. Um, it's more than a feeling. It's an idea that is rooted in the mind of God. So that, ki- that kindness is not just a spiritual thing, that I just feel kindness on me, which is really cool when that happens. And we want to develop that. We want the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be worked in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the seeking of the filling of the Holy Spirit, like during our worship time. As I was just praying that more of the Spirit would be here and as I confessed to God that I'm not enough, there was a rising within me, the presence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's a very spiritual thing that happens in our lives. And I just kind of felt like I was being filled with the love of God, the kindness of God. And, and so there's an element of that that we want to pursue. Because there are some days when you just wake up and, and being kind is not in your grasp. Uh, me and Dawn kind of came to a pact because we're both kind of assertive people and on how we would handle people cutting in line at Disney World in front of us because, you know, it can, it can, it can go down at Disney. We, we can drop it right there at Disney. And so um, I said, listen, how hard do you want me to fight this crowd of, for the grandkids and for yourself? I mean, um, and I'm like, can we just let it go? Can we just agree that we're just going to let that part of us not be in control and we both made that, that decision. And there was this one point we were waiting uh, to get on this ride, and this woman with her five children came along. And, and you would think I would be incredibly gracious, a woman with five children. Um, but it's Disney, folks. It's on. You know, I, got, I paid for that fast pass, and you're not getting in front of me. That is, that is the native me. That's, that's who I am as an individual. And in that moment, I, and I flared up. I actually, I mean, this so, sounds so bad, but I actually stood in front 
And uh, she was like behind me. She, she said, excuse me, sir. And I said, no, it's okay. That's, it's, it's all right. And so she kept pushing me. She said, and I said, no, it's okay. She goes, no, I was going to try to get up there. And I'm like, oh, I thought you were excusing yourself because you kept bumping into me. I said, no, we're, we're here. And so I went to this little war right there. And, 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 and I looked over at Dawn, and she's got this smile on her face. And I'm just like, Father, I just pray that you... And, and so it's kind of like, I see you got your kids with you, yeah. You know, um, you know, hey, why don't you do what you got to do, you know? And, and that, but, but that's more than me. That's, I, I'm not enough. There's not enough kindness in me. So there's that spiritual part of us that we want to apprehend over the next 12 months together as we go through this. We want to seek the Holy Spirit. Tonight, and when, when, when I'm finished talking about this, we're going to have a moment where we're, we're going to pray for that. See, that's the jump start. Um, it's funny how God teaches me everything, but uh, we were at the campsite, and Dawn's car, uh, she left the lights on inside the cab. And so when we started up, your battery was dead. So I had to back my car up. We had to line them up. We had to hook up the things. And, and here we are in Disney World jump-starting our cars. And um, not the experience that we wanted, but there are some times when you just need jump-start from God that you admit that you're not enough, but you ask God to fill you with his spirit, and he gives you that, that, that spiritual power of, of kindness when you don't possess it on your own. But then there's this point when we are told to be kind whether we feel it or not. There's no aura of kindness. There is no, you know, you can see, well, if I help this person here, then they're going to experience this. And then by the end of it, they're going to be asking me, who's the savior of the world? And I'm going to end the night with them in prayer. And we're going to see this incredible story work out right in front of us. But there are some times when, you, when it doesn't look like that at all. And the apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, he says, be kind to one another, be tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. See, I don't want our to be driven only on the emotional sense of kindness. I don't want us to just be driven by this, the sense of being inspired by the Holy Spirit to be kind. But there are some times when there's propositional truth, this idea from God, it's, it is put in front of us, and we're not allowed to move it. Yes, but I want to punch them. Yes, but it's my right. But yes, I want it, whatever it is. And it's like God says, I am sorry. You do not get to suspend the laws of the Christian ethic and values of Christ. You don't get to just choose. It doesn't apply in this situation. And so for some of us, maybe working on spending more time with God through the Spirit being filled with the Spirit, a new concept maybe for some of us, and just spending time in His presence will prepare us for the day. But maybe for others, we speak in tongues and we have visions and maybe dreams and great inspiration. But yet Paul says that if you have not love, if you don't have this kindness of God, he said all that other stuff is really just, you know, it's, it's really not that as important to God. And for me, being infused with the Spirit of God is incredibly important because so much of me doesn't lean into it. You know, I was looking at the story of the Good Samaritan, and it's a really cool story. Um, but I, I kind of looked at it as, I'm looking at everything as fractals these days, like little microcosms of, of you know, the bigger story. And so I was looking at the story and how, 
you know, the Levite and the priest go by, see the guy beat up by the side of the road on Damascus Road, and, and they go by, and then the, the Samaritan goes by, and we know the story. He helps him. He takes care of him, makes sure he gets right medical attention. And I began to look at it, and it's like, well, there's a ratio of, of you know, there's two-thirds of the people that are involved in this story um, just walked by the man that needed help. Now, 100% of the people in the story understood the propositional truth, knew there was an ethic and a value about helping the person that was by the road. And so I began to think about it, and my own personal lives, I'm, about, I'm, I'm kind about one-third of the time. And I would say that the fractal representation of me is that two-thirds of the time, I probably will just walk past the need that needs to be taken care of. On an average, I would say about two-thirds two of the time, I will, I will not give the right response that needs to be given in a situation. And so as I looked at that story, I saw the whole story kind of played out in my own personal life that, that maybe on a temperament level, maybe we've all been given maybe like one-third. There's probably nobody here that's just ruthless and cold-hearted altogether. But I think about one-third of the time, maybe we'll, we'll do something good, but two-thirds of the time, we won't. But you know, if we operate on that ratio, the, the, the man remains on the Damascus Road. And so, so God really wants to challenge what drives us in our lives, what, uh, about the things in our lives, about our kindness, what we lean into. And, and so we need God more in our lives and, and make it part of our schedule of, of kindness and seeing ourselves being used by God. One of the big things that we're going to be talking about is the enemy of kindness, and we'll talk about that in, I think it's going to be in March or February leading up to Ash Wednesday. But one of the things about myself is just time or selfishness or not wanting to be bothered. Those are the things that pop in my mind. And and it made me realize this is a story about Jesus when he shows himself to be really kind. Um, and when he does this kindness thing, I, I noticed he creates this sacred space. And I don't know if you've been in one of those moments when you're being kind to someone, when all of a sudden the moment just kind of changes a little bit. You know, it may have been going on where it was an adversarial moment or it may have been where it was just going through business uh, I had an, a situation occur like that where there was this gentleman and, you know, I was going to sell him something and, you know, I began to listen to his story a little bit and into it. Just to, I realized that God just laid it on my heart, you shouldn't be selling him this stuff. You just need to give this stuff to him. Um, and, but it was funny that in a moment of kindness, and you've probably felt this, that all of a sudden a sacred space opens up. Have you ever had that feeling that you're going through your life and all of a sudden you're being kind to someone and all of a sudden you feel more special? You actually feel like incredibly good about yourself? Like you're beaming after that? All of a sudden, you know, you're concerned about this other human being? And I kind of feel like this like bubble opens up whenever I'm kind to somebody as if the world for a moment and, and you have the propensity you want to tell somebody about it. I mean, not because it's a boasting, but because it felt so good 
that for a moment I wasn't the, the, the jerk that I, I am two-thirds of the time. And, and that, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll tell Susan what I do good because I, it's like I, she's holding out for hope that one day I'll turn out to this, be this really good guy. And, and it's like, honey, I just did this thing and there's hope for me. I could really be a kind person. And so there's this moment that I have found that, that kindness creates sacred spaces. That when you're kind, you create a sacred space between you and that individual. All of a sudden, whatever is going on around the world doesn't seem as important, and now you see the individual in front of you. And it seems like, like God comes down into that secret uh, place. It's kind of like when we pray, we're told to pray the Our Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I know that some of us are looking for that one day when that kingdom of God will come on planet Earth and we'll all be transformed. But what if that prayer is fulfilled every time we do some sort of um, not-so-random act of kindness into another person's life? That that's when the kingdom of God actually comes on planet Earth is when we do an act of kindness into another person's life. I want you to hear the story where the kingdom of God just kind of comes down into this moment. And you're familiar with the story, but let me read it to you out of Luke chapter 8. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jairus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had only one daughter, and it was about 12 years of age, and she was dying. And as Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had had discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him, touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said to her, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and, and are pressing in on you. But Jesus is like, no, this is a sacred moment. This is a person's life being touched by the kindness of God. Somebody has pressed in and touched me. Somebody has tapped me on the shoulder. So what do you do when somebody taps you on the shoulder? Yeah, 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 I'm right there. Yeah, I'm almost done. I'll be right there. But this person comes along and taps, some, taps Jesus on the shoulder, and he's got a really busy schedule, and he's got a, the itinerary looks pretty, pretty intense. But he stops everything that he's doing, and he turns around because someone is tapping on his, on his shoulder. And, and, and see, that's how heaven comes to earth, is when we stop when somebody taps on our shoulder. Now, they may not physically touch us, but it may be their need. It may be something you see on their face. It may be something that they said. They, it may be something that they, they dropped and you're going to help pick them up. It may be a need that they, they can't accomplish in their, in their life. And, and Jesus is insistent on stopping everybody because this is a sacred moment. This is when, when heaven comes to earth. Jesus said, someone touched me for I perceive that power has gone out for me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, I love that, would to God that anybody in need would not be hidden from our sight. You know, most people are, what do we do when we have a need? 
We don't normally go out there and say, hey, I got a need. We normally hide in our need. And this woman was no different. She was like, I don't want anybody to know I have a need. But thank God the kindness of Christ was, was not going to allow her to remain hidden any longer. And when she saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I mean, this is is a pocket of heaven has just come on planet Earth. I cannot visualize this more than like Star Trek where they beam people up and, and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, all that aura and things. And, and I know it's the work of our imagination, but this is the work of, the, of reality in the kingdom of God is that when we stop, when somebody's need taps us on the shoulder and we stop and we give them the love that they need, the kindness they need, the kingdom of God comes on planet Earth right there. We think it comes with preaching to a degree. We think it comes with just attending church. But I, I, I think um, that we as Christians, and, and I don't mean to dog out Bible belters because Bible belters are awesome people, and uh, you could, we were, again, I hate to reference Disney, but I was there just uh, a few minutes ago, and um, in the lines, there's all kinds of people from all over the countries. I mean, it was, English was the second language, and, and, and there was like 10 other languages being spoken there. So, I mean, it was just all over the place. There was all kinds of different people there. And so, you know, good old uh, white American Bostonian Paul was in the minority uh, while I was there. And it, it was a good, it's good to feel that once in a while, but it was interesting that uh, me and Dawn were there and we were looking at all the people who were standing in line waiting to go into uh, Little Mermaid's ride and we were there and all of a sudden we looked over there and we saw all these people and like Bible belters. And she goes, how can you tell? Oh, well, look at, um, just look at, I bet you they're, they're from Georgia, and, um, at, and I bet you I see a Christian t-shirt on one of them. Sure enough, the lines work around and weave around, we, and there they come right alongside of us, and we just all of a sudden, hey, where are you from? And uh, we're from Georgia. Um, I was like, thank you, Georgia people. Thank you, Bible Belters. You're here. You're here. And so uh, they had a a Christian t-shirt on, and it was a great conversation. But you know what? There's something else that goes with Bible belting that I have found even in my own personal life, is that I think um, we separate kindness from love. Um, I think we pride ourselves on truth, and I think we got it. I think we got God's word. I, we pride ourselves on trying to be holy and doing what God wants us to be. But I think we allow ourselves to forget um, kindness in our truthfulness and in our holiness. And I think even in our love. I think that's where we've gone wrong with our, a lot of our conversation about truth and holiness with unbelievers in our culture. Is that we left kindness behind in order to achieve the perfection of truth. But what we didn't realize is that we lost the perfection of truth because truth was always supposed to be spoken in kindness and in love. And so there's this this thing that we all need to learn. And and isn't it interesting, and, and you're like me, when you're around people that are different than you, again, we were at Disney, and uh, last night at 1 o'clock, I guess another religion decided that at 1 o'clock 
that it was time for them to worship um, God. And um, so we're in our campsite and we're hearing in an unknown tongue, at least unknown to us, the sounds of worship going on in this other camp area at one o'clock, at two o'clock, at three o'clock, at four o'clock. I mean, I'm I called security. I'm like, I don't know what they're drinking over there, but I can't sleep with it going on. But isn't it interesting that when we get around what we're not familiar with, we, we want to assert truth, but we don't assert kindness? When we, maybe on the issue of like homosexuality and gender definition and all that other stuff, maybe we, we possess the truth on that subject, but maybe we don't possess the kindness on that subject. And for some reason we think that, well, if you can't be kind, at least be truthful. And I would dare say that if you can't be kind, don't open your mouth. Because truthfulness is compromised without the essence of kindness. And I think, I think that God wants us to be truthful and holy, but I think he wants it to have this element of, of kindness to us. And one thing we need to remember is that you cannot separate that which is joined together in the nature and the character of God. So we can't just pick and choose what parts of God that we want to have. I want to tell it just like the Apostle Paul. I want to tell it just like Jesus. It's going to be straight up. That's the way it is. Well, we can't separate the, the nature of God. We cannot separate the character of God. And I want you to listen how the love and kindness are joined together in the description of God. Let me read to you some verses. Um, I'm, I'm just going to run right through them. Psalm 17, 7 says, Wondrous... Wondrously you show your loving kindness, O Savior of those who take refuge at your right hand. Psalm 36.10, O continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upheart. Psalm 63.3, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. Again, it's always joined together, this idea of loving and kindness. Psalm 69, 16, answer me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. According to the greatness of your compassion, return to me. Psalm 144, 2, my loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and him in whom I take refuge, who subdues all people who harm me. Psalm 40, 11 says, You, O Lord, will not withhold your compassion for me, for your loving kindness and your truth will continually preserve me. Loving kindness compounded together. Psalm 119, 88, Revive me according to your loving kindness, O Lord. Psalm 119, 76, O may your loving kindness Comfort me according to your word, to your servant. Psalm 51.1, be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgression. 
Psalm 119, 149. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. Revive me, O Lord, according to your ordinances. Psalm 26, 3. For your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. Psalm 143, 8 says, Let me hear your loving kindness in the morning, for I trust in you. Teach me the way in which I should go. For you lift up my soul. Psalm 138, 2. I will bow down towards your temple and give thanks to you and to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word according to your name. And Titus 3, 4, 7 says, But when kindness and the love of God in our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. Loving kindness woven together. We are not called just to be truthful. We are not called just to be loving. We are called to walk in loving kindness. Love and kindness are joined in the description of God. And love and kindness should be joined in the description of us. See, this is big revelation to me. This may be old stuff for you. I am a loving person. But kindness has been something that I dispense one out of three times. I will be kind to you. And you don't want to be around those two times that I don't dispense kindness because you just get true for me. But I cannot separate what is joined in God And when we're called to be like Christ and imitators of Christ and have the image of God in us, that means what is joined in God is supposed to be joined in us, that having loving kindness in us. So I hope this in some way is talking to you because I know a lot of you are like me and and if some of you are smiling right now because you you know exactly what I mean by that you you know that you're a loving person you know you want to love God and you want to love others but you also know that inside of you there's that propensity to separate truth from kindness as long as we get it right that's what matters I know that sounds right but it's separating something that is joined together in God that truth and mercy and compassion and loving kindness are always bound together in God. And this is what God wants us to, to, to join in and to be a part of in our own personal lives. So as Ricky's coming to lead us in this last song, I, just, I want this to be the moment when we make that invitation to God to have that loving kindness in us. That we ask God to just fill us with his presence and to just, you know, through the power of his Holy Spirit to just give us something that we don't possess in ourselves. Fathers, we just enter into this moment with you. Lord God, your word is, has not only inspired me, but it has also revealed in me a flaw something that needs to be inspired, something that needs to be transformed, something that needs you. And God, and I don't think I'm the only person in this room that 
that needs that. And I know that I am gathered with brothers and sisters in Christ who, who know the truth and want the truth in their lives. But God, you want us to know the truth of loving kindness, to not just be loving, to not just be sacrificial, but that there's a tenderness and a kindness that there is an element of sacred space that comes when the need of another person or the presence of another person taps us on the shoulder, that interrupts our day, that cuts in our line, that God, that the kingdom of God can come when we experience people who are diverse from us, maybe people who scare us or that, are, that just live a different kind of life, that God, we don't always have to be right in the room, but God, we do have to have loving kindness. Lord God, we were told in your word that the law came through Moses and we saw what that delivered. But grace and truth, loving kindness and truth were exegeted, were revealed through your son, Jesus Christ. And what God has joined together, we say, let no man separate. The truth and kindness, kindness and love will be joined together in this church. It'll be joined together in us as individuals. So let me just invite you as this gentle music is just giving us a backdrop. Let this be a moment where you just talk to God. Just invite God. Just ask him to fill your life. Praise you, Lord God. Fill me, Lord Jesus. Jesus.